0: And welcome to season four of the Stephanie Humphrey podcast, where we will feature our new series entitled, Let's Talk About It, Bible Edition on the first and second Thursdays. This series will feature biblical conversations and practical teachings. On third and fourth Thursdays, Sip and Say with Stephanie will continue. So grab your sip and be ready to talk about the latest news and social events. We look forward to talking with you then. Be blessed. Stephanie Humphrey channel and welcome to the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. So you all, how how y'all doing? How are you doing? Y'all knew I was going to ask. How are you doing emotionally? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing spiritually? How are you doing socially? How are you doing physically? I am doing pretty good in all aspects. I was feeling a little tired earlier, but I feel a lot better now. I think I was just tired sitting at my desk working. And so I got a little bit of physical tiredness, you know, just from being sedentary, um, just kind of makes you tired sometimes. And so I don't feel tired right now. I I do feel sleepy though. (laughs) I'm not going to tell y'all how many times I snooze before I went to work this morning. Praise the Lord. But yes, but, um, but it was good. It had some good snooze and I did have a good day at work, even though I just you know, did make me a little tired. I had a good day at work today. And so, yes, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, Y'all know I went to my doctor recently and y'all know, I know what she's going to say every time. Stephanie, what are you doing for exercise? Well, doctor, 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 doctor. So I need to work on the exercise. So if you all have some exercise routines that you all do, if you have tapes, I don't know, classes that you attend. I actually... And thinking about a class right now that I can, well, like I'm not able to attend now that I'm thinking about it. I have a class that I can attend, but it happens on my Bible study night, so I technically can attend it. And so that would be one way for me to join with other people to get my exercises done, Um because sometimes just doing exercises by myself, I do okay. But like I was telling my doctor, the consistency is where I falter. And so if you all have some tips, tools, strategies to help a sister out, I will gladly take them. If you want to put them in the chat, if you want to add them to the comment section later, I will take all the help and advice that I can get. I think the motivation isn't there. I know that I need to lose weight to be healthier, but man, it's a time trying to stay consistent. So look, y'all pray for me to be, pray for me to start and then pray for me to be consistent. All right. Y'all pray for me. So I told the Lord, um, I didn't tell the Lord. Actually, it was me and my doctor. We were talking about a plan, and so she gave me some ideas. She gave me one idea in particular that I really like that I'm going to try to incorporate in, and we'll see what happens, okay? All right, y'all. And so I'm actually by myself. My guests have not joined me, so I guess I'm just going to be talking to you all by myself, um, unless my guests you know, are able to join me on Zoom, and so we can broadcast live together. I did not do a full teaching for Love Today because I, my guests were coming on to uh, discuss the questions that we we've shared with each other and just have a good conversation about the different aspects of love but I will definitely give you what I have and you hopefully will chat with me in the comment section uh, excuse me in the live chat and then add it to the comment sections later or the comment section not sections but section later and then we'll go from there how about that All right. So my mom says, good evening. She says she's doing fine. Hey, mommy. I'm glad that you're on. You all don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. I know I'm telling you that early, but just so I won't forget. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to subscribe. So I'm gonna go forth in a word of prayer, and then I'm gonna get right into what I have for you tonight. And hopefully my guests will join me if they're able to. And if they're not, we just gonna go. Praise God. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time. of teaching. Well, before we get there, God, we thank you for blessing us today, for being with us today, for watching over us today, for keeping us, for protecting us. Father God, we thank you that you were our father all day today and caring for your children. Hallelujah, God. And we say thank you that we are blessed. We say thank you that we are well. We say thank you that we are protected. God, we say thank you for keeping us all day long. And so, right now, Father God, we welcome you into this teaching of about love. We welcome you to have your way, Lord God, to move by your spirit, Lord God, to give us new insight, to give us new revelation about loving our families, about loving our friends, about loving our, um, our co-workers, about loving the romantic partners that are in our lives, and about loving each other as a community. God, we thank you for the word that you desire to speak to us on tonight, Father God, and um, I pray that you be with me as I go forth in this, uh, this teaching, tonight. Prayerfully, my guests can come on if they're able, but if they're not, God, help me to go forth in confidence in what I have. And thank you for the listeners that they will engage with me and answer questions with me and just have a discussion via chat tonight. We're doing something new, God, and we thank you for the newness, Father God, that is present now and for the newness to come. We love you. We honor you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So you all, so we're going to talk about, as I've already shared with you, We're going to talk about family love, friendship love, romantic love, and God's love. And so you all know, I feel like I just recently talked to you all about love maybe in December because the Lord put it on my heart for us to show love and kindness during the month of December, during the month that we recognize the birth of Jesus. And so I feel like I just talked about this, but even when God gave me the topic, I was like, you know what? We can never have enough conversations, enough discussions, enough teachings on love How how do y'all feel about that? Do you think they're they're like enough is enough? I don't think so. I think we could talk love all day, every day, because it is evident in the world that we live in that there is not enough love. There is not enough empathy. There's not enough compassion for each other. So this topic, y'all, we could talk about it all day, Every day, into the night, next day, next year, next month, next week, we can definitely talk about love, 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 love. And so, yes, you all. So we are definitely talking about love on um, tonight. And I'm gonna start with the definition for love. Let me put my glasses on. Y'all, y'all pray for me about these glasses. Sometimes I wear my glasses. I think my eyes are probably confused. <laughs> Cause some days I wear my glasses and some days I don't. My eyes are probably like, what? are you doing but you know sometimes like all day yesterday i was working on the computer i did not have my glasses on not at all but like today i felt the fuzziness in my my eyes weren't fuzzy but the screen the words on the screen were fuzzy so i was just like let me put my glasses on so i wore them today it's it's y'all pray for me here pray for me so i am putting my glasses on so i can read this definition of love and before i go any further i'll i'll just wait for that to happen okay so the definition for love according to merriam-webster Online is a strong affection for another arising out of kinship or personal ties of attraction. Excuse me, or personal ties. Next definition or the next part of the definition is love is attraction based on sexual desire, Um, affection and tenderness felt by lovers, affection based on admiration, benevolence or common Interest. I also found a definition for love meaning an intense feeling of deep affection. So we recognize that all of these definitions um, about love really focuses on a feeling. <laughs> It focuses on a feeling. And yes, love is a feeling. It is. Love is a feeling. It's, it's an emotion that we teach our children. It's an emotion that we talk about in our families, amongst our friends, and in different arenas. But love is also an action word. It is an action word. We, you can't tell me that you love me, but you don't show me. Like I need something. I need a hug. I need your time. I might need you a little bit of money or maybe some of your other resources. But for you to say that you love me, I need you to show me. So love is not only an emotion, not just a word, it's an action word. It's a verb. All right? It's a verb. And so we're going to first we're going to start with family love. But before I do, I actually have one of my guests that has joined us and so I would like to introduce to you all my uncle Gregory. Excuse me, let me say it right. My uncle Deacon Gregory. Humphrey I'm gonna call him Uncle Gregory y'all you know that's who he is to me so that's what I'm gonna call him and so he has joined us tonight to discuss this topic of love and so I would like for Uncle Gregory to welcome you or introduce, introduce himself in his own way and just Uncle Gregory we've already talked about how we're feeling tonight so just tell the audience members how you feel on tonight so welcome welcome welcome
1: good tonight I'm sorry I'm running late and we visited his mom and stuff that's why I'm running late. And uh we you know that's what you do when uh, you love someone, when they have something that problem in their homes, you welcome to go visit them or comfort them or do anything that you can to help them through this situation. You know death is inevitable, but sometimes it can surprises when it happens. And I just like to say hello everybody and welcome to the show.
0: I'm just glad to be here. Awesome. Thank you, Uh Uncle Gregory. Yes, you are. We've had death in our family. Uh Yes, we have had death in our family twice. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, yeah, we navigating through. God is good. We're navigating through, but like Uncle Gregory said, that's how we show our love. We show up for each other in our times of need. We definitely show up for each other. That's a part of love. So thank you for mentioning that, Uncle Gregory. And so I'm going to go right into family love. And so I just, for just listen to how to pronounce this word, the Greek word for love, as it relates to family, is storge, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Storge is a Greek word meaning family or empathetic love. It is a natural affection and bond between parents and children, siblings and other relatives. All right, so I'm going to read a couple of scripture to you, and then we're going to get right into this discussion. I actually have quite a few scriptures to read to you, um, but I don't know if everybody has your Bible. If you have your Bible, go ahead and grab it. You can read along with me. If not, just listen to the word. Amen. So Psalm 128: 3 and four says, your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. Genesis 2 and 24, I'm going to wait before I read that one. Ephesians 6, 1 and 3, children obey your parents because you belong to the Lord. This is a New Living Translation, for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with promise. If you honor your father and mother, Things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. You know, I'm going to pause just for a second because I was having a conversation with a family member just this week and we were talking about the death of her mother. And we were talking about, you know, just how she navigated through was like her first time navigating, you know, a a, a death as far as making the funeral arrangements. And we were talking about how even in our parents' death, when we take care of them in their death, even in making the funeral arrangements, trying to carry out the plans that they've established, if they've established them, just making sure everything goes smooth and well, that's a way that we honor our parents, even in their death. And we were having that conversation and I, it just kind of came to me like that because I think about my mom. I mean, I might pass away before my mom, but if she passes away before me, I want to make sure that I and my siblings honor the request that she has put before us without going broke. I'm just going to be honest. I already told my mom this, so this ain't nothing new. You know, honor her request as much as we can without going broke, but just try to, what we say, put, put that person away, you know, in class, in style, you know, way. Well, it's just a way to honor our parents. So, side note, in case you never thought about it, I did think about that this week in talking to a family member. All right, 1 Timothy 5 and 8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I'm going to take a sip of water and I'm going to read that one again. 1 Timothy 5 and 8. Anyone who does not provide for their relatives and especially for their own household has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I would like to say this, you all, and I think you all have heard me say this on the broadcast, but our family is the first love that we see and that we know. The foundation of our love is built from our family our parents teach us what love is and how to love by their actions interactions conversations and by their model now that love can be healthy or it can be unhealthy depending on the value of the parents You know, not all of us grew up in a two-parent home. Not all of us grew up in a single-parent home. You know, some of us grew up in two-parent home. Some of us grew up in a single-parent home. Some of us grew up in a home that was healthy and affection was showed and we had communication and all was well. Some of us grew up in an abusive situation where... Abuse was identified as love or defined. I shouldn't say identified, but defined as love. So based on whatever our parents went through or whatever their values were or what they learned about love, that oftentimes spills over into how they teach their kids, how how they engage with their kids, how they show love to their children. In saying that, (laughs) I'm going to ask my Uncle Gregory... What did you learn about love as a young person growing up in the Humphrey family? <laughs> That's a good question because
1: I grew up with, with three siblings and my mother and father, so that nine of us, and we were living in a two-bedroom home. So so, we room in there, we, we was together all the time, and when we had dinner, we always ate dinner at the table. And, and we used to have the most fun with each other, talking with my dad and my mom. And then after eating dinner, because we all ate right by the news time, but then we watch the news and we would sit there together. There was a lot of togetherness there that we shared. We went places. We always, went there a station wagon. We always rode together. So growing up in my family, there was a lot of closeness together. And, uh, And it wasn't a lot of fighting and bickering because we all shared everything. And yes, we had our ups and downs and our getting mad at each other but all that stuff didn't last long because of how we feel about each other and how we look at one another and Anybody on the outside, you miss one, one of us, you gonna miss one, all of us. And that that shows, you know, you you how much your brother and sister love you. Even though y'all might be going fight back and forth, when somebody on the outside came in, you better look out. You are in trouble. And we always um uh, and, and when I said we did a lot of things together, I mean it. Like we used to pick blueberries when growing up, went to tobacco. It was a lot of things that we did as a family. Growing up. And I think that was the first love that, um, that, I, that I had, and first love that I experienced as a child. And of course, my dad was a deacon, we definitely went to church together. And we learned about God together because he took us to Sunday school and he took us to church now. He went up there at the Bible study because we didn't go school to that state, but we always went, went to Sunday school together and, and learn about who God is and sometimes dad get taught to class. So it was it was a lot of love show to us growing up. And I think the main thing I liked about growing up was my mom, my mom knew what each and every one of us liked. So when she could, sometimes she almost had to cook two meals because some people wouldn't like certain things. Me, I was like, Mikey, I would eat anything she could. I was just glad to have something to eat. <laughs> but she always knew what each and every one of us liked. And she knew what kind of mood we was in when we come home from school. So my mom really, really paid attention to us because of the love that she had for us. And when I mean, we had a bad day, she felt like we had a bad day. and she could help us any kind of way, like fix our favorite meal, or just sit there and just talk with us, and she did those things. Mm-hmm. And... and um, my mom really, really, really loved us. And I'll tell you how much she loved us. I remember one time me and one of the neighborhood kids were playing together at the creek. And I pushed him in the creek. I don't know if I, not, I don't know if I pushed him in the creek. Was an like isolated or uh, intentional? But anyway, I had him out of the water. When he got out of the water, he ran home. Like I hit him in the head with a brick or something. I mean, he was out there and screaming. And so I said, Well, I guess I'm going to go home now, So I kind of went home and kind of was. In my yard, then I heard his grandmother come to the house, know my mom was in there. To her and my mom was in there talking, you know, like I hear him talking. So when she left, my mom called me in the house, and she said, "Gregory, you push him in the creek." I said, mom, if I did was an then? she said, "Well, look, I'm gonna have to you know, I'm gonna look. I'm to have to beat you because you should sure did that. But I'm glad you put him in there because he was the same club for four days, and I'm." Okay, you did it. But that's the kind of love that my mom had for us. Even though she had to beat us, she did it with love, understand, and let us know why she's doing it. And uh, and it really, sometimes I don't think it, it, it hurt her more to beat us than than that we the hurt that we received Cause my mom really loved us. And. And, and the, most, the most thing I can remember about my mom is my mom definitely prayed for us. Mm-hmm. Because I hope I not go with my time. Then, but anyway, I can remember <laughs> as teenagers, we used to go out and everything. And mom would not go to sleep till the last one of us came in. Now remember, seven of us, she would not go to sleep. She might have been in the room, but She would not go to sleep till every one of us got home. And then that's the kind of love that my mom showed for us. That's
0: the kind of love that I experienced growing
1: up.
0: Hmm. I mean, that, that's genuine, true love. Hmm. Amen. Hey that was awesome. Yeah, that ride of correction, boy. Oh, no, no, no. Yes. I, I didn't get many... Oh, go ahead. You have to... Uh, when you correct a child, you know, that's show you love them. When you punish them with something they did to that,
2: that's...
1: Yeah,
2: my
0: it's spread for the child. Well we would never spoil, believe me. Come on, it us. Yes. <laughs> okay. yes. We this went. we're we not on a time frame. We can go to ten o'clock if we want to. Hey <laughs> Yes. So I um I don't remember getting a lot of spankings but when I did they were significant. <laughs> They, I, you know, I was a pretty compliable child, but they were significant. But you're right, um, Uncle Gregory. So let me see. I was pulling up what the Bible says. So Proverbs 22, because I'm gonna stay on that rod of correction for a minute, because I don't think we have enough of that today. Proverbs 22 and 15 says, "Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child, but the rod of correction shall drive it far." It don't just say from him; it say far from him. And then we have. Proverbs 13 and 24, y'all want y'all some wisdom, y'all dive into the book of Proverbs. You got all the wisdom you can have, you can stand in the book of Proverbs. Let me see. Okay, so hold on, y'all. My computer, uh, okay, there we go. Wait a minute. Let's see. Something not going right like I wanted to here. Okay, let me take this out. Let Proverbs 13 and 24, y'all. Hold on just a second. My computer is not cooperating with me. yeah here here we go so proverbs 13 and 24 is the scripture that uncle gregory just shared with us whoever spares the rod hates their children this is an niv version but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them come on and hear somebody. So yes, a part of discipline is a part of love. Even the Bible says God chastens who he loves. So the rod of correction is a part of discipline. It don't feel like love at the time that the rod is correcting you, but it really is done in love so that we can be, so the evilness and, and that folly and that immaturity that is within can be driven out and we can become mature and be who God has called us to be. And so, yes, I also experienced a whole lot of love in the Humphrey family growing up. And so at the time I was growing up, all of us were living together. I just like it felt like the whole family was living together, which was fine. Um, we had it was a three bedroom, one and a half bath house. Like I remember growing up with my uncles, my aunts, my cousins. We all just lived together. It was a lot, like Uncle Gregory said. It was a lot of love. It was a lot of togetherness, a lot of singing, a lot of food eating, a lot of playing outside um, with cousins. And there was neighbors sometimes across the street. It was just a whole lot of love and togetherness and unity in my family. I remember. growing growing up, feeling loved, feeling supported, feeling secure. And I thank God for that because I know that's not everybody's testimony, you know? And so I thank God for that security that I experienced as a child growing up. In my teenage years, it got a little, things did change. It was a little different, but I'll spare you those details at this time. Praise the Lord. It was intentional since she said it. Oh, my sister. Okay. Okay. Awesome, awesome, awesome! And so, let me let me pull up because I'm working from a few different screens here. How did your fa- and you know what? I'll, I'll wait and share that later. So, Uncle Gregory, how did your family's love when you were younger influence you as an adult today, as as a young adult, and then as an older adult today? Well, how it
1: influenced me was, mine was like. You know, as you get older, you start venturing out. And I saw other family members treat each other. And I was like, wow, we we didn't act that way towards our brother or our sister. And it it made me kind of like, I won't say to feel sorry for other people, Mm -hmm. but it made me me want to try to, hey, man, you need to get along with your sister. You need to get along with your brother. You know, know, family shouldn't be acting that way. It was just like I was trying to share... With them, the kind of love I had at home, as I venture out, and when I turned and as I got older, the love that I had at home, I showed it to other people. I shared it with them. I, uh, you know, I, I shared it with them. I uh, encouraged them to, to uh, you know, to to uh, to, to uh, love one another, and I, and I can tell people, look, you don't have to love as I should, but love the person. Mm-hmm. Love that person. That's your brother. Mm-hmm. He's got love. Love him for who. Love him. You might not like what he do. You might not like who he married. Where he live at. What he do. You have to. You have to love all that stuff. You can love him because that's your brother and respect him. And that. Those are the kind of things that I can share as a younger up and I can share now that I learned as I was growing up because my mom and dad. She. They. 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 they uh. Showed us that kind of love, and that's what they taught us to love. And, and, and uh, I try to let people know that love is an ice word. I mean, you can say it, "I love you" all day long, but if you're hungry, not talking about "I love you," that's not doing you any good. But if I feed you, if I clothe you, and don't expect anything in return, that's the kind of love that I'm talking about and that's kind of the love that uh I learned as a child that I can share in my young adult life that I can share now and I, I can love without what I needed anything in return and and, and love it and definitely like I say is a nice word to show that love to someone. Mm-hmm but going out of your way, but doing something without even them asking you to do it. Are uh, you seeing somebody that needs something? Let's go, let provide that need to them. Mm-hmm. And then they said, well, why are you doing this? She said, because I, because I love you. And God
2: said, love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, that's what we were here for. Put the think of
2: others first before we were thinking of ourselves.
1: Especially when you see somebody in need. Now, you can't help everybody in the world, but there are the same people in your neighborhood and down your street that you can help. And and that's what I learned as a child. We did not have much, but what we had, we shared it. Mm. We shared it with anybody that was in the house at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and,
2: and,
1: and, and, and nobody did it grudgingly. Mm.
0: We did it. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for that, Uncle Gregory. That is so good. I remember Granddaddy talking about how his dad um, showed love to the community. Like anybody who was, you know, because Granddaddy, great Granddaddy Edgar, I don't know. I don't know what year he was born and stuff. I can't even think about it right now. But when there were so... When neighbors came through the community, I remember Granddaddy saying they would sometimes stay like if they needed a place to stay great granddaddy Eggert would would open his home to them, and sometimes they would work at the farm in the fields with him and with Granddaddy, and then when they were ready to go on their way, you know they went on their way and so I know that that love that Granddaddy got from his dad was shown you know to him, and then he passed that love on to his children and his grandchildren and so I know from for me, getting up in my teenage years. Um, The household looked different. I was out of my grandparents' house by then. And so there wasn't as much love shown there as I would have liked to have had. There was a lot of love as far as I had security, as far as I had a roof over my head, I had clothes, I had food, you know, like everything was good there. But it was just it wasn't as much of a loving atmosphere as I wanted it to be, or as it, I feel like it could have been. And so it left a lot of bitterness and ang- anger within me. And I remember when I went to college having to, which is going to be the next question, but having to navigate through those emotions and those feelings um, because of that bitterness and that anger and because diff- just different things happening in the household and, um, being the oldest in a single parent home. Sometimes you got to watch your siblings that it didn't always go well. It was what it was. But it again, it just left me bitter and angry. And then having to navigate those feelings as an adult, because it affected how I interacted with other people. So I was like, Stephanie, you got to get yourself together so that you can have healthy relationships with other people. And so it kind of leads into our next question, considering what you learned about love in your family, did you have to make any adjustments in how you view love? I did. I had to make some adjustments in how i you love. Once I became a young adult and an older adult, um, I actually had to learn. Well, what is love? What does lo- what is love? What does love look like? And how do I show love? I say I'm saved. I say I'm a child of God. But how do I show love? You know, to other people. So it was. It, I had to learn some things. Like I had to again just get delivered, get healed, get some angerness, anger and bitterness out of me, so that I knew what love was for myself. Learning to love me. And not what people wanted of me or expected of me, but learning to love me and then being able to love other people. Because the Bible says we love God first, and then we love people as we love ourselves. And if we don't know how to love ourselves, then it's very difficult for us to show love to other people. And so, you know, childhood, great deal of love, Older teenage years had to navigate through some things and then we are where we are now and I feel like I'm at a really healthy and great place of showing love to myself because I love me some me all day every day and I'm gonna let you know that I love me some me. That's why I have boundaries. I teach people how to treat me. I'm not gonna let just anybody come up in my life with some foolishness because I'm just not having it. I value loving me and my peace more than I value anything else. Even I value my peace over money. If you say, Stephanie, I'll give you $5 million, but I'm going to have the, your peace for the rest of your life. I'll have peace for 500, Alex. I'm not I'm not taking that money because I'm going to keep my peace. And so, so yeah, I feel like I'm at a good place and a healthy place of showing love. But But you know what, Uncle Gregory, I'm selective. I'm going to have to admit that I am selective in the extent of the love that I show. <laughs> I am selective in the extent of the love that I show. Like I will I will be kind and I will be nice. But I told somebody one day when they were trying to get to know me, I told them, I'm not gonna let you know me until I'm ready for you to know me. Because knowing me is to love me. And I just, I wasn't there with this particular person at that time. And so I feel like I show love and I show kindness, but I am selective of how much of my love you're going to receive because when you have my full love like you know you have my full heart you have my full love ask the nieces and the nephews they'll give you a little bit of that but' I'm, I'm selective about about the, the extent of the love that I show to people how do you does that does that sound a little like Stephanie, you need to get your life together
2: like <laughs>
1: you may have been having about that person or for that person, and, and if you love with your emotions, wow, I mean, you, you know, you suddenly be all over the place, because one day you might feel like this, one day, you know, like, I'm going to say, gonna jump. one day you feel like a nut, one day you don't, I mean, if you love with your emotions, but to me, love is something that, that, because of how you're feeling, what you're thinking, uh, or how your day is going, uh, of oh, what, where you're at. Uh, love is one of those kind of things that you just feeling for that person, or that person feeling for you. And uh, and yeah, like they say, you know, I love you, and nothing you can do about it. That's what love is. I mean, you can't you can't worry your like they you say, can't worry your emotions on your on your shoulders. You can't wear love on your shoulders, on your shoulders.
0: Hmm. I think I I think I love with boundaries.
1: Now, uh-huh. love with Boundaries. What are those boundaries. I, I mean, I, uh, I, I know that love, like, like, like the love I have for my family, and the love that I have for my friends, and the love that I have for that special someone, and all those. I mean, even though it's love, it's a different kind of love. You know, I can't love. I can love, so I can sit on a train and meet somebody, and I can love talking with them, conversating with them, but that's the kind of love that I will have for you. Uh, you're my niece, and I love you. And So, so um, is, is it more of a love with boundaries, or just showing a different kind of love towards that person? You know, when you say boundaries, I I, I, boundary may, to me, a boundary is, is something that that you
2: use to keep something in or to keep something out. Mm-hmm. And are uh, you trying to say, well, I want to love this person so
1: I'm going to put some boundaries or a wall so your love won't get out? Are <laughs> you want to block the love and try to show you what it's about with these boundaries or with this love. I feel that when you love, you love somebody. And uh but uh It's just a different kind of love that you will have for that person and the kind of love you will have for, like I said, for a family member,
0: or for a close friend, or for a loved one, or for a cousin. Mm. The family, you know. I'm going to give you an example. I'm going to give you an example. So I... I so I'm gonna use you as an example since you're up here and I know that you don't mind me using you as an example. So y'all, this is te- this is a pure example. This is not true at all. This is just I'm giving you this scenario to give an example of what I mean when I say love with boundaries. So uh, so I'm I'm a I'm a thousand day I'm a millionaire I'm sound a, I'm a millionaire and Uncle Gregory every other week is calling me to ask me for some money. Now I know Uncle Gregory is working but Uncle Gregory spending his money on his ladies. Purely a scenario, this is purely fiction, y'all. So, I'm just saying he's spending money on his ladies, he's spending money on alcohol, he's spending money on this, this, and that instead of paying his bills. But yet, he's coming to me to pay his bills every week, every month. To me, I love you, but I'm gonna put a boundary on you. Your boundary is you no longer have access to my wallet. (laughs) You no longer have access to my bank account because you're squandering it, and by me providing for you, I'm being a crutch for you. I'm keeping you from from doing what you're supposed to be doing and paying your bills with your money, you know. So I'm gonna cut you off. To me, that's a boundary. That's love with boundaries because I'm not gonna be your crutch or you take advantage of me. So that's what I mean. Okay, there. All
2: right, I can understand that. Yes, definitely. Oh well, yeah, because yeah, you never have to draw the line somewhere. Right? Somewhere, yeah. you know? Mhm. Yeah, that's why I say. sometimes we just gotta love the
1: person, not love what they do, or how they act, what they show you. you yes.
2: Yeah. 'Cause
1: I'm just, I you love me, all this other stuff you doing, I don't love it. I don't like, to support it. Yeah, and, and you. Alright, you know? and if you don't know where to stay, you can
2: come stay.
0: Uh, you know, but you're not gonna find a bunch of because you swallow your money away. That's something different. You know, that's something totally different. So so that's definitely a, a good good example of love with boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. With that. Got you, know? you. All right. Thank you. And so that kind of oh man, you said something that that kind of sparked something. And I lost it. Hmm. I should have typed it in because um There was something I wanted to say about something that you said. Okay. I can't think of it now. So maybe that was just for me to ponder later. So as we wrap this, Oh, Oh, loving family. Well, loving friends, loving anybody. But since we're talking about family right now, um, I think this is the last point that I'll make. One thing I've learned about loving family is that we have to be honest with family about, like we were talking about, we love them, but we don't love what they do. So if they're doing something to harm others or to harm themselves, I feel like love is taking them aside and saying, look, You know, you need to stop drinking. It's not healthy for you. You need to stop taking them drugs. We don't want you to overdose or something like that. Like, I think showing love to our family is letting them see, letting them know their faults and their flaws, but doing it in love, like speaking the truth in love, because we want the best for our family. Like, we don't want our family to harm themselves, to harm others, to get in bad situations, to be with people that are not healthy for them. So I think a part of loving everybody, but in particular, our family is just telling them the truth. Whether it hurts their feelings or not, whether it might cause a breach, a temporary breach in our relationship, I just think that it's important for us to show forth love in that way. What are your thoughts on that? Yes, I, yeah, I like that. Um, yes, I like that. And you definitely have to uh, love.
1: Sometimes you've got to love fair, like I said, from a distance. You definitely have to love them from a distance. And uh, sometimes somebody got to just keep them all late because of of uh, what they're doing, not because of who they are, but because of uh, some of the things they're involved in, some of the things that they're doing. And, uh, but but I, I'm just assured that if you can help them, you will help them to a certain extent. Not to be a crush for them, no help them.
0: know what need to you you for not wants. Family, Amen. Amen. So Uncle Gregory, do you have any parting words that you would like to share with uh, our listeners who are um you know our listeners about love, about family love, how to love their family, forgiveness, just anything that you want to share about family love.
1: I want to share about family love is that we can choose our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, but you cannot choose your family. When you born into a family, then that's your family. That's all you got. And uh, you should love on your family. I feel like if one of your family did anything to you, you need to forgive them. And forgive them in love. And that forgiveness is not for them, but for you. And like I said, you want to love who they are, but love that person. And any family member that you haven't talked to in a long time because something that happened in the past, sometimes we have to, we have to bury the past. We have to just, sometimes we just have to let that past up go, and we have to just live in the now. Uh, uh, little said, I mean, uh, my Bible tells me that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's a forgiving God. But we as people, we can't live in the yesterday. We can't live in, we can live it today. And we can pray for tomorrow. So all that stuff that happened in the past, we need to just let it stay in the past. And we need to look at each and every morning as a brand new day. Because God, he renew our mercy and grace each and every day. And if he can do that for us, then we can go to that brother, that sister, that cousin, that mom, that father, i that got significant other that hurt us so bad and say, hey, look, man, I'm going to I forgive you. I'm going I forgive you for whatever I have come up, and I hope the best for you, and and, 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 and then just let it go. I'm not saying forget it. I'm talking about just forgive. And, and just go on with your life. Don't hold that grudge. Don't hold that ball. There's a lot of blood pressure, diabetes, politics, cancer cause it's caused in people because they're holding the grudge, they're holding the billions inside of
2: them. You need to let all that stuff go. Mm-hmm. especially if it's a family member. Mm-hmm. Let it go. Mm-hmm. Let
1: go and let God move on them. I tell you what
2: you can kill you can kill more people with kindness than you can with a gun or bullets. mm mm-hmm. And, and the Bible also
1: said, "Love your enemies and yourself." It's just not love your family and yourself. Because sometimes your enemy, you can think your family is your worst enemies. Mm-hmm. And if your family is your worst enemy, do you love on them? Mm-hmm. People always keep fat family close anyway, mm-hmm. so love on them. Love on them. Then let God make them. Let God make your enemies your footstool. And Let God prepare that table, pray that table before you. The presence of your enemies; that your family is truly in those enemies, then, they just do His will
0: and let Him handle all the other stuff. Amen. Oh, go ahead. Hmm. You can go ahead. Awesome. Amen, Uncle Gregory, Amen, amen, amen. I definitely echo, forgive you all. If you are estranged from your family, if you didn't see them during the holidays because y'all had a falling out 5, 10, 15, 25, 35, 45 years ago, call them up. I promise you they want to hear from you. And even if they don't, you say what you need to say and then you let it go and you go on with your Life. Because family is going to be there regardless of the disputes, the spats, the whatever you have in your family, they're going to be there for you when other people leave you. Your family is going to be there for you. And so it definitely is right that we are in right relationship with our family members. And that's all I'm going to say about that because Uncle Gregory got the forgiveness, which I wanted to to definitely hit upon. So y'all, love on your family. Show and then show your family. Y'all, life is fleeting. Like tomorrow is not promised. This next minute is not promised to us. Life is fleeting. So it is imperative that we show the people that we love, in particular our family, since we're talking about our family right now, show our family love. If your mother is still living, show love. If your father is still living, show love. Of your siblings, your cousins, your pookie them down the street, your play cousins—like show love to your family because I'm telling you, we don't want you to have any regrets. I'm gonna say that we don't want you to have any regrets upon their death. We don't want you falling out in the casket when they pass away because you didn't show forth the love and the compassion and care for that family member that you should have while they were alive. I'm saying what I'm saying, so just show family love amen show family love okay uh we're gonna get into our friendship love y'all i love my friends i have four friends that i just man i love i I love my friends i love the connections the friendships that the lord has allowed me to have because they they hold me accountable and we just have a good time talking with each other and sharing with each other and um uh, what, what did I want to say? Uh, correcting each other when we need it. Because we do do that. You know, we have to do that sometimes with our friends. And so I, I love my friends. I love my friends. I love my family. Y'all. I love the Humphrey family. Hey, Humphrey family that's listening. I love you. Uncle Gregory loves you. And I love my friends. Okay, so friendship love is philia in the Greek. It means friendship or brotherly love. Philia is a mutual affection and loyalty between friends Comrades and partners. Proverbs 17 and 17 in the King James Version says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Proverbs 27 and 9 in the New Living Translation says, Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart. So doeth the so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. As Uncle Gregory has already said, our family we we're born into our family, but we have the ability to choose our friends. Usually we choose our friends based on who we are, based on our values, based on what we need out of a friendship, out of a relationship. That's kind of how we choose our friends. I have a friend. I, don't, I didn't get permission to say her name, so I won't say her name. We have known each other since two thousand and three three four four five two, two three three I think since 2002, we've known each other. We got to know each other a little bit better over those couple of years. We worked at the same school, and like now she is one of my best friends. How long ago was that? Over 20 years, we've known each other. And I would say between 15 and 20 years, we've been like really good friends. And like she is one of my great friends now. I can call her and be like, look. Sis, let me tell you what's happening. And she knows she can call me like she has kids and I've been able to help just a few times with her kids when she needed it, which was a blessing and a privilege to me to be able to bless her by helping with the children. And so I just, I love her so much. I have another friend. We've been friends for about seven years. Um, I have another friend. We've been friends since the 90s. So 90, so maybe close to, not close to 30 years, maybe close to 25 years we've been friends. And then another friend, I we've been friends about 10 years. We just recently met in my older adult life. And so I appreciate the longevity of my friends. I appreciate that my friends tell me the truth. They correct me when I need to co- be corrected. They encourage me when I need to be encouraged. Like they inspire me. They lift me up when I need to talk. They just listen. Sometimes they'll offer advice. Sometimes they'll just listen. Sometimes it's just like, well, this is what the Lord said or what the scripture says. Or we're not going to say anything. You just say what you need to say. I'm sitting here as a listener ear because there is power and presence. And so, man, I have some God-ordained friends, y'all, and I, I love I love them so, so much. And so, Uncle Gregory, you can talk. Did, did you want to talk about your friends before I ask you the question?
1: question.
0: Okay. So, how has the love of your family helped you with the love that you show your friends or that you have for your friends?
1: Okay. Well, the love, well, well, I first off, you know, having friends and stuff, the love that I showed them was a kind of different love that I shared for my family. And but as I got to know them, it seemed like the love that I have for them was either the same or stronger than the love that I have for my family. And because
2: I because I had a, I had that trust, I had that thing I could talk with them about things, and
1: and they would go behind my mic and talk about me, or I can share stuff with them. Uh, uh, they could give me advice, even if I don't want to hear it, they could give me that advice. And, and, they, and they, they also can give me that courage. We encourage each other. And those are the kind of friends I like. And one thing I like about it is, growing up as a teenager, I had a girl that was a friend. I mean she was a friend, I made a friend with benefits, I mean she was just a friend that I can go and talk to her and cheer about. up. If I would like it somebody like, I can ask her different questions and she can say, well, hey, well, what girls don't like what guys do this, uh, uh, girls don't like that. I can always go over to her and ask her girl about girls and what girls like. Mm-hmm. Some of the kind of questions that you might, might be embarrassed to ask my mom or maybe my sister I can ask her about them, you know, and I, and I really appreciated her for that. And then as a as a younger dub, after I got married, I had another uh, this. The one that a thing that she moved away, and I, I I met another girl that we just became friends. And the motherfucker was somebody that had thanked my brother, so I knew them. You think my, my brother, I'm not about to date you either. But we just became real close friends. And then she, she was the same type of friend. Also, that I could go to and talk to. Him. Uh, she would really have kind of a friend, if I call her, I and say, hey, what you doing? Let's go out and grab something to eat. She would say, okay, let's go. Uh, she would really have kind of a friend if I really you know, needed something that she could help me with, she was always there, and uh, what I like about those kind of friends is not only that when I, when I see them, they always ask me, Well, how your mom doing? How your dad doing? And I would ask her about her family. To me, that's a true friend, but well, a
2: friend that's concerned about your well being and your family well being. Mm-hmm. I really love that. Mm-hmm. And now, as an adult,
1: that friend moved away also, but I still have another friend that I can just talk to her. I like about her, and these three friends, well, now, that, now I know who I am in Christ. She, I also gave her life to Christ. And we can talk about anything in the Bible. We have some serious deep discussions about what God for his, for his people and how do we uh, love one another and, what, and how, how how things are in the world. How the news will show all the bad stuff but then never show the good stuff. And, and we can just talk about those kind of things. We can talk about um about um, marriage, mm-hmm. talk about love for brothers and sisters, and, uh, and and like she's come from a family, a big family, and and I tell her about how my family love me, and she said,
2: she tell me quick, but well, my family's not like that. Mm-hmm. And and, and, then, and then she had been
1: around our family, and she was like, wow. most of time when she come around, she would like sits back and doesn't look. Even now, she just sit back and look at the sun because she's sometimes she's in awe of how the love and affection that we show one to and for another, and her family, nothing like that.
2: Mm-hmm. And uh, that just
1: is the, how we was raised, and the, and the love that we show one another. It continues, even even today, as it does. And it's amazed me how often people would see that. That's the first thing I, I, I heard from my friends, when they come around my family, y'all sure love each other. I said, don't your family love each other? But not like that. I said, we all need to get busy. You know, we all need so living one another. Cause family is all you got when you when it born right now too. it. Mm-hmm. I feel bad sometimes for a some for, for family to have one
2: child, mm-hmm. you know, and cause that child, missing out on that experience of uh, having a loving
1: brother or sister, somebody to got their a bike, somebody to talk to in the middle of the night when the parents are sleeping, you can think in their room. And it's a lot of things that brothers and sisters can share with one another that if you're the only child you would definitely miss it. And and if you're the only child, I suggest you find you a good friend that you can talk to, that can that can come over and, and I can have some you know, spend the night together, or go out and hang out, you know, I go to church with and that's how I'll go to Bible study with. That that that's that's Definitely a good thing. That's why I come my friend now. That that's
2: in Christ. We can't we can church together. right by ourselves. If I Say
1: the Bible said when two or three gather together, I'd be in the midst. But I know sometimes when we get together, we pull our Bibles out and talking on that phone. I know he's in the midst because I can feel his presence, and I know he's there. And that's why we should always do is put God in everything we do, in family, in our friends, in our conversation. Uh, really when you think about God is love, because he loved us so much, he sent his only begotten God's son. And I would say, um, I mean, I, I would just say, um, love you have for a friend is one of the, the best love that you can have besides the love of family. And my life, lots of our friends, they just want to consider themselves family. Because of the love that my family showed them, not just the love that I showed them, but because of the love that my family showed them, sometimes they tell me, "Look, hey, I want really to go to your family and hang out, and you come to my family and hang out." But sometimes I need to go there so they can see that love. So one day, maybe they might get where we're at. And the only way that they could do that is to be around me or my family.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and we should always share that love that we have one for another.
2: Hmm.
0: Listeners did y'all know, listeners that y'all know, hmm. that y'all my uncle Gregory talked about the female friends he have. That ain't my business. I ain't trying to stir up nothing. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just messing with my uncle Gregory. But yes, that is so good, and I'm so glad you came back around to that because I did want to mention that when we talked about family love, like when I came to college and started in, in, meeting people and interacting with people and doing different, you know, just learning people when I talked about my family and how we got together, how we used to get together on Fridays, like sometimes for our seafood Fridays, we have like fish and shrimp and sometimes crab. If we went crabbing or we would like have monthly family gatherings, like we did, we celebrated the holidays together, our birthdays and different things. People were like, your family spend that much time together? Yes, we love each other. Like it it seemed to be a foreign language to some people. When I talked about the unity and the togetherness and the love that came for my fam- from my family, it just seemed to be a foreign language. And so it is interesting the different dynamics of family and what how love is shown or how it's not shown and how it is experienced or not experienced in different families. And I appreciate you sharing how your friend um, experienced the love of the Humphrey family. And I'm hoping by now, maybe she had that love has spread into her family, I hope. Um, but I have a friend of mine who's also a friend of my cousin. She just well, she an honorary member of the Humphrey family because she has met a lot of our family. She is interacting with our family and she really loves the Humphrey family. Is that same thing that that family love that Humphrey family love does spill over into our family into the people that we're dating into our spouses I have a family member that has a spouse and I always wondered well why was he with our family during holidays and Mother's Day and different things like that and I came to realize well maybe it's because he needed the love he needed the support he needed the security that he saw in the Humphrey family and I was just like well I'm not mad at that <laughs> <laughs> I'm not mad at that at all. And so yes, our friendship, our family love definitely spills over in our friendships. And like I said, I absolutely love my, like my family knows me, knows me, but in my adult life, my family still knows me, but I don't know. I can't, I don't, I wanted to say that my friends know me better than my family in my adult life, but I don't think they probably know me maybe equally because I've been friends with my friends for so long they've learned me and they know me and we just we just have a good time laughing, talking, going out to eat, going out to lunch, going to community events, going to festivals, going up to the winery up the road. Like we just have a good time when we're together we just, it's just fun. We just have, a lot of times I spend time with my friends like individually, but sometimes there's a group of us that get together. So some of my friends have met some of my other friends and we have some engagements there. And I really like it when my friends can get together and we can just, just eat and talk and just have a good time, you know? And so I love my friends and I'm thankful for the love that, comes from my friends, like, cause I was, I would consider myself to have been a loner in my young adult life. Like I really didn't know how to navigate relationships and friendships. So I had to kind of learn what love looked like and how to show love and of course, loving myself. But once I learned that it opened me up to build relationships with people. So now I have two 20 plus friendships. I have a 10 year plus friendship and then a five Seven, about seven plus a year. Friendship, and I love it. I absolutely love it. now one thing I do miss, Uncle Gregory. I have to say, sometimes I think about the um friends that I went to high school with and wish I could have maintained those relationships over the years. I had this one friend in particular. I'm gonna say her name. Her name is Keisha. We were friends. Like me and me and her were like Ace spoon Coons. Like we were friends. And but we lost touch when I moved to a different high school. And then of course when I moved um out of the city to go to college, she has since passed away and it's it's so interesting to me. I'm gonna use the word interesting. I went to church her one of her children, she was getting, one of her children was being Christian at the church that her family attended. And I was happened to be there this particular Sunday, had not seen her in probably over 20 years. Well, had it been that long? Somewhere around, I think it had been about 20 years. Um, and she told me she had breast cancer. I was just like, oh, my goodness. And what I should have done that I didn't is like, let me get your contact number so I can call you and keep you encouraged. I didn't. And I think that next year she passed away and I was just like, oh, Jesus, like, wow. I, so I I felt some guilt that I did have to navigate through and the Lord, you know, healed me and I was, you know, OK, but. I, I I kind of, I miss those high school friendships that I grew, those friends that i gotten to know in high school and wish I would have been able to maintain those friendships. So I think about that sometimes, but I'm thankful for the friends that I have now, the friends that the Lord has allowed me to have now. And again, just what they mean to me. And I feel like what I mean to them. And so it's a blessing to have friends. <laughs> Like nobody should have to walk out life by themselves, especially if you're not married. You know, if you're married, you have your spouse. Then if you have children, you have your children if they're still living in the home with you. But if you don't have a spouse like me, you don't have kids like me, it's good to have friendships. Um, and one thing I learned from a friend of mine who's now married, she used to say that her friendships helped her prepare for marriage. And I didn't get it at first, but I understand that now because in our friendships, family too. But then in our friendships, we learn to love each other with different personalities, with different ways of doing things. We may share some values, but some values may may differ. And so we learn different personalities because my my friends all have different personalities. <laughs> they all have different personalities. Like we're all saved and we're all living for God, but boy, our, our personalities are unique. And so when we have friendships, we learn those different personalities. We learn how to have an even exchange of communication. You know, we know how we learn how to listen. We learn how to talk. We learn how to communicate. We just, I have learned a lot just having the friendships that I have. And I think if I do get married, my sister ain't gonna tell y'all what my sister told me today because that's between me and her about marriage, whatever. She she know what I'm talking about. We're gonna leave that there. But if I ever do get married, I think I'll be well prepared as far as communication is concerned, as far as honesty is concerned, integrity. trust, because I did learn trust, you know, through the friendships that I have. So I think I would, I'm prepared if the Lord blesses me to be married. I think I'm prepared for that. And a lot of that was the foundation of family love, but a lot of it came from just the relationships I had with my friends. And then most of them were married. At, you know, some of them are still married, some of them not. But then just watch, just in, engaging with them in their marriage relationship and just learning things, you know, just them modeling and just us communicating with each other. So, anyway, that's all I have to say about that. Uncle Gregory, let me see what the next question is. I don't think I'll do question two. So, I'll just ask you. Um, you can either talk about what are some ways you probably well you've already really talked about ways that you show your friends love by bringing them around the family and such so if there are any parting things that you would like to share with the audience then i'll give you space to do that now
2: like i said earlier
1: that you can you can't choose your family but you can choose your friends and um to me friend the friendship the love that i learned from my family that i have for my that i'd like kind of went over to my friends or sometimes my friend was just like family to us um that's the kind of love that i learned you know growing up with my family but i also had to learn that uh sometimes Friends, or uh, I would say people, is put in your life for a season. Because remember when I told you when I had a girl that was a friend that she moved away? Mm-hmm. And at and, and that time, she was kind of like, I was growing up, I was learning about myself and everything, learning about dating and stuff. And she was that, uh, She was that really, really good friend that could help me smooth you know, out some, some of those rough that I was going through and all, and we could talk about different things, and then she moved away. Then I, then I became friends with someone else in my younger life, but I also had guys that were friends also. And one of my best friends was somebody that grew up in the neighborhood. We worked together, and, uh, and was, we would, whenever you saw one, you just about saw the other because especially by us having the same booking together and then afterward, and we both were athletes you we know playing football basketball softball and stuff together uh on the weekends and stuff and so we were always together and i think that um uh, when you uh when you have a friend that that uh that you uh love i don't think you have to uh you know, you have to uh justify it but some people always try to make a uh, justify how how why is he your friend? Why, why are why y'all so why are y'all so friendly together? I uh, mean why are y'all always doing stuff together? It's because sometimes um friends can kind of like compliment each other sometimes friends can have your bike you don't even realize they got your bike but like something can have one and and you just know that they're going to be there for you and lots of times well like my friends is i grew up with my family and then sometimes you have to wait you go up with your family you have to go away from your family when you start friendships and the love that you have and your family is the same kind of love you have with your friendship then like i said when you bring your friends around your family then they feel their love Mm -hmm. and and, 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 and as you grow sometimes your friends can definitely know you better than your family because as you grow you change and you're not around your family a lot and your family see so you every now and then and, and, and then I say, Hey, you change but you think to yourself that you're not but that friend of yours, uh, that's with you all the time, they say, Yeah man, you change you you're in the same Gregory that you used to be and and when you love or when you have the love for your friend, they can tell you stuff like that. They can let you know that, hey man, uh that ain't good for you. You need to uh not miss with that uh, I, mean, I don't think that's that's a good idea. Uh, to do those kind of things, and and, and one of the things that uh, I like about being a friend is um, the love that we have for a friend is that um, when I bought my house, my home, we were living in an apartment, and, and my friend was like, "Man, how did you do that?" And we were looking, we the same place, we were looking the same salary, but how did you do that? And so I tried to explain, I, I explained to him how. That you can do that on your salary. you have to make some sacrifices, just like um, you know, anything else that you want. When you wanted that car, man, what did you do? But you got it, right? That's all you wanted. It's kind of an expensive car, but you got it, right? <laughs> so sometimes houses are the same way. And and sometimes friendships are the same way. Sometimes everybody can't just be a friend. I'll be honest with you. I mean that might show sure themselves friendly, but sometimes like Stephen said, you may not to put no boundaries, cause sometimes certain things that that, that you can allow certain friends to know about you, and certain friends don't need to know stuff about you. And, and but uh, but when you have that ace bone call that like they call it, or like two peas in the uh, pond, that kind of friend, you can share those kind of things with, you, with them, and they know that you know that they're not trying to hurt you. Uh, uh they're trying to help and help themselves or build themselves and those are the kind of friends that are are true friends and then also like i said some friends are in your life for a season or just for a reason and we have to just recognize that also like they're there for for a certain thing and and even though y'all can be the best of friends it might be a time where y'all just have a part ways. They might have to go to another city. The job might change. They may get married to somebody, and that spouse want you to hang out with them anymore like that. And those other things that you just gotta accept. But that don't mean you gotta stop with that person or not keep in contact with them. I think somebody's a true friend, and even if y'all don't hang out like y'all used to. You can still keep in contact. You can still maybe visit on holidays, and you can still enjoy some of the things that y'all did when y'all you know.
2: Was hanging out together, mm-hmm. and and I think you
1: need a it You got a true friend share that true friendship. Whether they live in the same city, as you or live somewhere far. I mean, think about it. a friend is only a phone call away, only a phone call away. And when
2: they say for you, I've been told, you know. <laughs> so if uh, you you're friend,
1: show yourself friendly and be a friend. Because I've I've heard you several times that. Man, you're a better friend to him and to him to you. But I don't worry about those kind of things. I just I just I just show myself friendly
2: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 be a friend to them because of how of what kind of friendship I get like I'm gonna be the friend anyway.
0: hmm Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Amen. That is so good. That is so good. And I like that you said that at the end because we don't we well at least we shouldn't measure have a measuring stick for the love well I'm only gonna love you if you do this or if you love me as much as I love you or if you show me love like we love it doesn't have a measuring stick there's no plumb line attached to love love is just love. And I love that you said that because I had to navigate that myself because I found myself reaching out to my friends, like just sending them, you know, you said a phone call away, sending them a text message. Cause all of us still work. I would send them a text message to say, Hey, how are you doing? Just thinking about you, whatever, whatever, and would get a response back. Sometimes it was right away. Sometimes it was a day or two later. Sometimes it wasn't at all. And I, it would make me upset. Sometimes I was like, well, I need to stop doing this. And God was like, no, 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 this is your assignment. (laughs) This is your assignment to show. So all of my friends either are married or have kids or are married with kids. Um, one of them is taking care of a parent. And so I had to recognize, well, Stephanie, you're single with no kids. You have a little bit more time than your friends do. So you keep letting them know that you're there for them, that you love them, that you um, support them. Just, hey, how you doing? Just thinking about you, just praying for you, just letting them know that you're here for them. And it's a blessing to me to do that. Like I am blessed to just send a nice little heart you know emoji to a friend or the smiley face with the heart surrounded emoji to a friend just to let them know you're on my mind and you're in my heart and so, and I love doing that, like I absolutely love to do that, and so, yeah, it's yeah, you can't measure measure the love um, I had one other thing I wanted to say, but I can't think of it right now. Okay, so I guess I'm done with that. Is. Um, I learned I learned that
1: uh, a long time ago that, like I said, when friends come and go and people in your life or spend for a season, I learned that when a friend pop up in my mind, somebody from the past or somebody that I maybe saw a couple of days, I I either call them, or pray for them. So if there they, was a friend of you, a true friend, and they pop up in my mind. If I got that number, I'll call them. If I don't get a house, i just leave a voice message and say, hey, i just called to say hi. Or I will pray for them that God bless them, bless whatever they're doing, keep them safe from all hurt and harm. And that's that's what I do for friends. And of course, definitely for family. Yeah, family parts up. I definitely pray for them. But yes, yeah, keep your friends, keep your family in prayer. Always. Keep them in prayer. Mm-hmm. and you know why when you think about that that's the best way you show your friend you love them and you see those hey look i'm praying for you wow think about that you tell a friend you were praying for them and tell them why you were praying for them you can't. open you caught up in my mind so i say i'm praying for you because i know definitely somebody praying for me i know that this road that i traveled I know my parents prayed for me. I know my brothers and sisters prayed for me. And my nieces and their but they know words of prayer. But I definitely know that some of my friends have prayed for me. And I definitely have prayed for them.
2: So that's 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 the best way you can show that you love your friends by
1: praying for them. And and if they need you something that you can provide to them, don't hesitate to do that. I know we all got busy schedules. I know we got things we want to do and like to do, but for free and part of somebody say I need. If you, if, the, if it's within your means, help that friend.
2: Mm-hmm. Even
1: if you have to go out of your way, help them, and you will get your reward. If you get it here on earth, you get it in heaven. I have to admit that I've definitely, of my way, many times helping a friend, and I can. And then in long run, I ended up getting a blessing also. I can remember. Uh, and I have did it many times I can remember my friend came to me and needed some money in a bad way Now all I had was my house payment and so I gave it to you Friday this was like a Tuesday the first of the week Friday came, no friend and my house payment was due they Friday came with no friend but God blessed me to work overtime when I had enough money to pay my house payment so sometimes when you bless somebody else Sometimes you can receive a blessing in, in return. Then we then pay me by then I have some extra money to do something with. So I'm not saying to go out there and give your friend your last penny, but if you have your friend within, within your means, do it with a with, do it with love and kindness. Don't do it with begrudgingly. But do it with the love of Christ within you, and I guarantee you'll receive a, a blessing also. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen, amen. Yes, I um yeah, amen. I love treating my friends. Like, when we go out to eat, I'm paying. Like, don't, y'all, don't put out no money like I got this. And then, so my friends now, they already know that I'm going to pay. So now they're like, Stephanie, no, it's our turn to bless you. I was like, no, 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 no. I want to bless you. So it, you know, it kind of gets like, you know. Anyway, I just love blessing my friends. I love taking taking people out to eat and, and do different things. But I love everything that you said, Uncle Gregory. It, yeah. Hmm. Friendship love is is a powerful type of friend. A type type of love, friendship. Love is a powerful type of love, and I thank God for my friends often. I like often I thank God for them because I appreciate them putting up with me because, like, for the long haul. Because I'm not the the Stephanie I was 20 years ago. The Stephanie I am today is not the Stephanie I was 20 years ago. So for my friends to stick with me as the Lord was healing and delivering me, and they see saw who I was then and see the victory now, I thank God they hung on in there. <laughs> I thank God that we've hung on in there, you know, for each other. So I thank God a, lo- a friend loveth at all times. I really I really thank God for my friends and I'm thankful that God has allowed longevity for friendships. There have been friends that have come in my life, like Uncle Gregory said, that they were good for a season and we needed each other to have that even exchange of of love, of care, of support, of encouragement, or inspiration for that season. But once the season was up, once the glory cloud left, it was time to move on. And so I thank God for knowing when to end friendships. <laughs> I thank God for knowing when to do that because sometimes we try to hang on to that friend because they helped us. They blessed us. We blessed them. We don't want to let them go. We don't want to hurt their feelings. But y'all, I am under the thought that if it's not healthy for me, it's got to go. It's got to go. And so, yes, I have. And, y'all, and it, the last friend that the Lord said, you need to sever this relationship. It was painful. Like it me and her have been friends for, I would say, 15 or plus years at that time. Um, and it was painful. I didn't I didn't want to do it. It was painful. And so. I did, and it took me a it took me a few it took me some a few time some time I'm going to say some time to just like heal from that because I enjoyed our friendship, but it had gotten unhealthy, and so yeah, I don't want to end on a somber note. I want to end in peace. Our friends are wonderful. We thank God for the friends that the Lord has blessed us to us to be with and live out life with. We thank God for that. One thing I was thinking about, Uncle Gregory is I tell my friends I love them. The first time I told my friends I love them, it was it felt awkward. Because, <laughs> you know, I tell my family all the time, I love you, I love you, I love you. But when I first started telling my friends I love them, it felt awkward. And so you have a female friend. Is it awkward? Like, do you all say that you love each other? Like... Or do you think that that would be awkward because of the different sex? Like all of my best friend, my best girlfriends are the female, So, you know, we have that in common amongst other things. But is it, do you think it's difficult to tell friends that you love them? Like I love you. And then how that, you know, how is that with the opposite sex? I'm glad you asked that. In the beginning,
1: uh, it was, it was, for me, to to, another man, man, I love you, and uh, female friend, I love you, because you don't want them to take it in the wrong way, but um, I think when it's genuine, they feel that that no words coming from, and so as, as I stand it it, it, it felt comfortable, even if it was a friend that told her I love you, I said, man, I love you, man, and, and it wasn't. They didn't look at me funny like, hey, I'm not gay or nothing like that. But then they'll be like, you know, that's they, your Man, I love you too. And um, I've learned that when you start telling your friends, man, I appreciate you, but I love you too, they start returning it too, man, I love you too. And you, I even hear them tell somebody, hey, I love you. They'll be on the phone, man, I love you. Take care now. And they started. They get they, when you're comfortable with them, they get comfortable with telling somebody that they really love, they really care about, and they can share that phrase with them. And especially when you show you love them. That's that's the key. When you show you love them, like when it's genuine, and they you just say something, then it's not so uncomfortable to say it to
0: them. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yeah, I th- I'm glad that you pointed that out, that you shared that because it does like once you kind of, I guess it's just like the first kiss when you're on a date, the first kiss, it's kind of awkward to get past that. But like, once you get, start telling your friends that you love them and you get past that, that initial, I love you. And you, it, I feel like it's a, a fear initially, but once you say it and you start, you know, you, the practice is there because it's a love is an action word, then it becomes comfortable. And it does become easier to say to other people because, you know, like you said, I'm not a man, so I don't know what it is like to be a man, but I can imagine how like us girls, like we we touchy feely a lot of times. We tell each other we love you. We put on each other makeup and just different things. Whereas men, you all have a different stature and mindset and different things. I can imagine it would be awkward for man to man to say, you know, I love you. Um, but I'm glad that you were able to do that. You and your friends are able to do that. And in turn it kind of um I guess took away the fear or the apprehension or the awkwardness, and it started to become a norm and comfortable to say to other men, I love you. That's a good testimony you know, for men. Men, it's okay for y'all to tell each other that you love you, that I love you. It's okay for you to tell your med- male friends I love you.
2: Ting! And
1: I, I, think, I think one of the biggest uh, ways that you show, uh show that it was our uh, response um, this other guy, that was, that it was like, well, my job, you know, it was like full of us, always kind of stuck together. We always, we always, we went good together and everything. And something happened between two of them. And before he, before he got mad with him, before he could, before they could reconcile their differences, he died. One of them died. In the front of the, room, the two, one of the two, he came to me and cried to my shoulder he said, Man, he said, he said Man, I wish I could have been like you. I'm, I could have just make a reconciling to him. I love him because you know, I do love him, man. And but well, he's gone now, and there's nothing I can do about it. So, man, sometimes you have to just put your pride aside. Remember, pride comes before the fall. If you love somebody, just let them know you love them and, and uh, show them that it, you know you show love by your eyeshows. But tell the man, I love you. And I appreciate you. I mean, it, it, and I, I like what you're doing. I like where your life's going. Instead of just say, I love you. they say, I love you. Just ask someone something with that love. And, until they get real comfortable to you. They can just say, man, I love you. They can say, yeah, I love you too, man. they say, I love you. I appreciate you. I like where your life's going. I love your family, man. You just got it going on. Until you get to that point, like I said, but you can just say, hey, I love you, man. And he know all that other stuff goes in with it. Because of who you are, where y'all act and react toward each other, before y'all care about each other, before you do anything for him, same he'll do anything for you, or that you do anything for him and he'll never do nothing for you. Still, you can still be friends. And, um, and you can still you can still love him because he might not have the same things that you have for him to do everything. Or you're not in a situation where you need him to help you do some things. Maybe he's in a situation where sometimes he just needs you, mm-hmm. and you, can, you can just be there for him. That might just be for a season, like I said. So just show me love to him. And 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 what I said about don't look down at a man and let you lift him up? Lift the up. Lift him up in love and understand that. Share that love that you have that you have for you, your family, towards him and his family.
0: Yes. Amen. Amen, amen, I didn't know if I cut you off there Uncle Gregory yeah. all right, awesome, wow, that was such a good discussion on family love, a great discussion on friendship love. And so we're going to move right into our marriage love or our romantic love. So you all are going to have to read the scripture for yourself because the scripture is lengthy. And I realize our time is getting away from us. And we do want to talk about God's love before we end the broadcast tonight. So this marriage love or this romantic love, the word in the Greek is eros. Love is the physical, or Eros love is the physical, sensual intimacy between a husband and wife. It is expressed through sexual attraction and romantic attraction. And you, of course, you can always, you also have a very similar love if you're dating with someone dating someone, and you will have longevity in that relationship. You begin to develop feelings for them and action words show them love. And hopefully it'll end in marriage. If not, that person might've just been in your life for a season to teach you some, something, for you to teach them something, even exchange of whatever was needed. And then you go about your way. I think some, Sometimes we can get married to people that we're only supposed, like Tyler Perry said, we get married to people that were only supposed to be in our life for a season, but we fell in love and got married. And then it really wasn't the person that God wanted us to be with. I think that that does happen sometimes in relationships and in marriage. I think sometimes we can get lost in a, a romantic relationship where we're dating somebody and we're trying to be who that person wants us to be, I think we can lose ourselves in that relationship or in that marriage. I think that happens sometimes when we're not true to who we are, we're not honest with ourselves and honest with that person that we're in this romantic relationship with. It Things can get misconstrued and false and just wrong. <laughs> And then it turns into like a marriage. And then the marriage is tension and discontent and um, suffering because that relationship, that marriage relationship was never intended. God never intended y'all to get married. (laughs) He barely intended y'all to date. I'm not a marriage counselor. I'm just saying what I know. But sometimes we can fall in love and and be so in our emotions, so in our feelings that we miss the red flags and we miss the signs that the Lord is showing us. Now that does happen sometimes, y'all. If you have a beautiful, wonderful marriage and you have a God marriage, we thank God for that, that God showed you the right person that you are to marry and that you all are walking out life together. You're building a a family together. You're building um, your relationship. You're healthy and everything. That is absolutely wonderful. We thank God for the godly romantic relationships. And we thank God for the godly marriages. But we also recognize that there are some ungodly relationships and some ungodly marriages. So I want you to read this scripture on your own. It is Ephesians chapter five, verses 21 through 30, Ephesians 5, Chapter, excuse me, Ephesians 5, verses 21 through 30. So, read that on your own. So, we usually choose romantic partners or spouses based on what we've learned about love, based on that family love that we learned, based on the friendship love that we have, based on our values, based on the dreams and the goals that we have in life, based on the destiny that God has placed within us. And then we look for somebody that is hopefully compatible or complement. Who we are in Christ and what God has called us to do. Hopefully, that is what is happening in your romantic relationships. But sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, hopefully we can work that out. But let's get into these questions. So, Uncle Gregory was married. I don't remember how old Uncle Gregory was, and that ain't y'all business. Y'all don't need to know. But he was married as a young adult. And him and Aunt Carolyn, Uncle Gregory's going to have to tell me how long they were married before she passed away. Um, but 27. All right. So, Uncle Gregory and Aunt Carolyn were married for twenty-seven years, and unfortunately, Aunt Carolyn, you know, did pass away. But Uncle Gregory, how was the love relationship with your spouse, if you don't mind sharing that with the audience? I <laughs> um, I'm not
2: playing, but we have
1: a beautiful relationship. I mean, it started out good, and um, like that she passed away, and I can't say that it ended bad, but. You know, but but I feel like she's in heaven, so it didn't end bad. It just kind of left me lonely. But our our relationship was was beautiful. When I met her, she for, for some reason she was someone like I could talk to, and and uh, she. We would talk. I mean sometimes we would go to the party, and just sit and just talk for hours. I mean, we didn't have to go to a movie or to the club. Sometimes we could rally out in the club and we could be sitting there and just talking, we never dance and never never get on the floor. And and as our relationship grew, I think our relationship was, was a real friendship before it became a relationship, even though we were dating each other. And um uh, and of course, like I said, when she met my family, she fell in love with them. My wife, one of my uncles, my dad's brother told me, wait Rick, you need to marry this girl. I mean, he, I, I thought to myself, you just met her. Because like, when we started dating, I took her to my uncles, my aunts, introduced her to everybody, let her know who they were. And 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 uh, I guess they saw the love that we have for each other. And that's what my uncle told me. He said, you need to marry this girl. And of course, we did end up getting married, but that was the kind of uh, relationship that we had. I mean, every, my family loved her, and uh, they, they loved her, and our relationship just grew. And once, once, once we uh, got married, got settled in, it just bloomed like a blossom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, yes, we yes, it was like a rose. There's a thorns in there. But one thing I can say about uh, my wife, and after 27 years, we never missed a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, Valentine's Day. We always share something special
2: on those days out of 27 years. And I'm not going to get too
1: deep in our relationship, but she never told me she had a headache. <laughs> a blessing in itself because I, I i'm telling you i hear guys talking i hear them talking about their wives and different the other. we didn't have any problems and i and I, I first of all i created it to god because before i met her i said god you know i'm tired of chasing behind these girls uh they they they, they look at one way i look the other way i want somebody that i can I can I can be with and maybe my man wanna marry and lo and behold he provided her and uh and I I, 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 I have to say I have to say that she was ever said because I did pray for someone and uh and that's who he sent me and uh, uh twenty seven years even and I will am telling you how good of a friendship that we had that last uh years on earth she was sick. And it was a normal, but her and I uh, family uh they tried they, they tried to do the best they could. Her family tried to help. Well it was basically her and I. I I remember times I would have to go to work in the morning, and home for lunchtime, and make sure she was okay, then go back to work. I went out to like maybe be scared at five o'clock. I went out to work at six o'clock, or sometimes when I ran for lunch, I had to stay maybe two o'clock. Another extra hour just to, just to make sure she comfortable and have what she need before I go back to work. It was a lot of stuff that we went through those last five years that uh, people really don't know about it, and. Uh, and I remember one day we were just sitting talking, and uh, she looked at me and said, "Gregory, uh, I appreciate everything you did for me." She said, "Not, not the first twenty-two years, but these last five years, because you sure didn't have to do it." I said, "Well, look, we'll go back to Death Door's Park and sit and hell. She said, "I know that, but I don't know if I could have did this for you." I said that I feel like you would have, I mean, you you might look at it that way, but I feel like that you would have did the same for me as I'm doing for you right now. And and to me, that's, that's a testimony of the love that we have one for another. Um, and, uh, um, well, uh, that's just the love that, uh, we have that we had one for another that even it has sickness i mean she's still sharing She's still even though she's struggling but but she can still share what she can I uh, uh, do what she can do you know for our relationship and she know it was time so she know it was a strain on us it was a strain physical mentally, spiritually, and financially, because our whole entire household was built on two incomes, and when she got sick, there was only one income that was coming in, and by the fact, we had more bills because she had, like, medication, she had doctor visits, and, and it, it was it was a strain on us, but I never let her know that, I never let her know I showed that she was a burden to me, because she wasn't, because I, stood before a man and God said that I would love this woman to death do us part and I don't about to sit here and let her know that she is a burden even if she was a burden I would never let her know that and that was to me that's also a testify of the kind of person she was that I would want to do that for her you know even though I promised God that and he'll he'll chastise me if I don't keep that promise but I want to keep it to her also because she was a wonderful, outstanding person. And like I said, when we got married, our relationship just belongs. I never, ever had to sleep on the couch. I heard guys talking about, man, I had to sleep on the couch last night. I don't care how bad it got. I never, ever, in 27 years, slept on the couch. Even when she slept, when we thought that size bed was too small for the both of us, we still stayed there together. Because, because only in marriage, when you think about it, is two become two become one. And I felt like we was one, and and I and I I was sure her sickness with her by staying right there by her side. I mean, when she was, in, she was in the hospital in Greenville for about an hour and a half, and I remember getting off work and getting to Greenville in an hour just to see her, spend time with her, coming back home late at night, going to work, half sleeping, and then turn around and do the same thing the next day. That's the kind of love that we have for each other. That's the sacrifice that we made for each other. And if I had to do it all over again, I would do it. I, w- I really would do it again.
0: Yes. Wow. wow. That is so beautiful, Uncle Gregory, and what a wonderful testimony to all of our married couples that are listening right now. Um, to show forth love, sickness, health, you know, death do us part. That's what you do in a marriage. That that's just a wonderful testimony. Because, um, like like Aunt Carolyn said, you know, maybe she would wouldn't have been able to do it. I agree with you. I think she would have, but there might be some fam- some spouses that bail out. Or have different relationships within the marriage if a spouse is sick. You know, it's just so many different things that can happen, you know, when that, when that time, when, if that reaches a marriage, like if that reaches the marriage. And so that's such a wonderful test. I was listening because I was like, oh, I'm going to learn some things. Just listening to you talk about the wonderful relationship, 27 years and you never had to sleep on the couch. And I'm never had a headache. That's a (laughs) blessing. There's probably some men listening right now that's like, doggone, can y'all bottle that up so I can share that with my wife? There's probably some wives listening now. Can I bottle that up and share with my husband? Come on, somebody. And so thank you for sharing that wonderful, wonderful testimony. I don't have anything to say because I've never been married. (laughs) So we're going to go to the next question. We're going to go to question three, actually. but, yeah, we're going to go to question three. So, Uncle Gregory, I don't know if you're looking to be married. Like, we've talked about this before. I don't know if you would want to be married, want to have a friend. If you are, what are you looking for in your in your next romantic relationship or your next marriage? Like, what are you looking for?
1: Well, uh, <laughs> um, I'm looking for... I love. That's what I'm looking for in my relationship. I'm looking for love. And I looking for the kind of love I'm looking for is I want someone to love God, to know who God is and know what God is doing for them in their life. I'm a godly man and so I want a godly woman. I want I don't want to be unequally yoked. I mean there, there's a nice a lot of beautiful women, friends that I've dated and uh people are like, man, you need to marry her but but she, she look good on the outside, but when you get to know her, when and, and if she don't believe in God, I want to say she don't believe in God, but she not kind of fallen and do the things to have that relationship with God. Then we'll be unequally yoked. If I marry her, and and I not, not like I know I can pray for her and pray that she'll change, but I feel like that, that she in, in, in this time it's in this. Time in my life, this stage of my life, if I were younger, maybe yes, but in this stage of my life, I want someone to know who God is and God is in their life, and we can share life together, know who God is, go to church together, and do things that will glorify Him. Because all, all the things that I do in my life is not just um, going to church, reading, studying the Bible, it's a lot of activity that I do, that I help uh, other people because of who I am in Christ. And sometimes uh, when I tell women about that, they kind of like, well, why are you doing that for? Or why are you helping that one for? why are you doing this for? You shouldn't even have to question that when I first, you know, if you come, because you know who I was, who I
2: was in Christ, then you wouldn't even have to question those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And if so the next part that I'm looking for is a godly partner to understand that sometimes you have to think of others before you think of yourself. Because
1: what kind of person will I be if my neighbor needs something and I have it and don't give it to him, knowing that he needs it. And, and I want someone that will understand those things and I want someone that will help me, you know, to grow. I'm definitely still growing in Christ. I'm not a babe. I'm off the milk, but I'm still, I'm the me. But I'm still growing in Christ. And I want somebody to grow in Christ, and, and we can grow old together in Christ. You know, I can find somebody to sit on the porch with and sit on the sort, you know, the rocking chair, and we can grow old together. But I want to grow old together in Christ, Jesus. And uh, that's who I'm looking for today and I find out, you know, I'm not trying to be judgmental and I'm not trying to compare them to my late wife because I know everybody is different, but there's are just certain things that I have to like, you know, with the red fly flying, it just flies. I mean, I'm not going to ignore it, but um, there are just um, uh, certain things that, uh, that I look for. That's a challenge because I found out today that, that a lot of women are self-centered. I be mean, I honest with you, they're, they're, they're materialistically, and they they are. why have you done for me lately? Mm. And that's not what really I'm looking for. I'm looking for somebody that why. What can we do for each other? Not what can you do for me. What can we do do for each other? And and it doesn't have anything with your finances or how much you make how much I make yes I might take you out to a steak dinner to a seafood and all you guys McDonald's money but sure that, you know hey i us go out to eat Well I can take you to McDonald's if you love somebody you will go to McDonald's be just as happy if you go to that steakhouse or you going to eat that red lobster or whatever it is when you love somebody those kind of things doesn't even really matter and that's why I say lots of times uh, women are just a little bit more realistic one lady told me when well, she told me why don't you take me take us out in the heat? i said okay let's go to so-and-so my dad told me to let a man take me to a restaurant i can afford myself i said okay then well i'll see you later then what was i leaving i said well you see if you can afford it before you, before you, you can afford it yourself then you know why you need me to take you you know and i live in a little town called jacksonville it's not many places in here i left for woman works forty eight forty hours a week and they can't go take themselves too mm-hmm. so that's those are the kind of things that i look for in a woman i mean i'm just looking for somebody that appreciate appreciative whatever you do mm-hmm. and whatever you and sometimes if what you don't do can be more appreciative than some of the things that you do do and so that's, that's what i'm looking for A gal woman somebody that's that's appreciative that the little things that you do the little thing that life gives us mm-hmm. sharing mm-hmm. i mean uh, sitting home, listening to some music, watching a, a movie at uh, just going for a walk. I just going over in, uh, to a neighbor, uh, and you know, I remember once a time I was washing my car, and the neighbor said, "Hey, can you wash my snakes?" I said, "Yeah." He went in the house. I hooked my hose and walked over there and so started washing his car. And I had a friend. I said, "Why are you over there washing your car?" I mean. What is she to you? Then nothing. I, mean, I told her her car was nice, so I'm watching her car. And she came out surprised. Those are the kind of things that I'm talking about. i'm be really surprised when I do something that's out of the ordinary that you think that I shouldn't be doing. And as you if, if you know who God is, that you trust in God, that you will understand that hey, that's who He is in Christ. It ain't nothing that I'm doing it for. To receive something right, but that's just the kind of person that I am. And that's what I'm looking for a godly woman. A woman that who knows who God is. And I'm afraid to say I love the Lord. You know, I praise God. I love Him. I pray to him in spirit and in truth. And I'm afraid to, uh, when I invite you to church, um, uh, of Fight, uh, I'm a girl, and she's in, uh, she said, uh she wanted to go out. I said, Well, look, I can't go out on Saturday, but Sunday, let's go to church together. And she kind of was hesitant about it. I said, Okay, then, one thing you. I knew that wasn't going to go far. And you were hesitant about going to church. What woman would want a man that's in church? You know what I mean? But then there are some that that, that, that does. But I thought that was kind of odd that she would kind of hesitate. But I said, Well, let's go to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But uh, she, she was real ready to go to a movie and a dinner, but not the church. So, uh, Sometimes uh, you don't compare, but sometimes you have to make the right choices, the right decisions. And all decisions I do, I pray on them. If it's somebody that's coming, a woman that comes into my life that I really like and stuff like that, I start praying. I thought asking God it is her, this her, is this what you want for me? Or well, if she not show me, if she is, show me. That's what I like about God. If you ask if you put help first in any decision that you make, you will not make the wrong decision. Or if you put help first but you go on go in, in a way, he can put a roadblock up there somewhere. He gonna blind you, he can put something there, uh he can miss the He's gonna direct you in a different direction, or something will happen to let you know that, hey, uh, that's not for me. This isn't the way that I need to go. So trust in God, and mm-hmm. that's, that's what I'm doing. I'm trusting in Him, and it's been, it's been, uh, it's, it's going on, it's going on 18 years since you passed away, and, uh, uh, I'm still I'm still I'm not saying I'm still looking for someone, but I feel like if the right person shows up, I will know who it is because like I said, um uh, I put God first in everything and that's what I did with my first wife. I prayed for somebody. I'm not praying for a wife right now, but what I'm praying for is um Bob said, see you first the kingdom of heaven and if that will be added. Mm-hmm. I feel like that what I feel like that that will be added in this season. Like right now, maybe it's not meant for me to be married, but then maybe it might not be meant for me to be married forever. But still, uh I'm still, you know, looking, hoping. I'm still dating, I'm not gonna stop doing that. I'm still meeting people, sharing and understanding. And uh, one day it may happen. One day it may not. But to God be the glory. Either way,
0: either way it goes, to God be the glory. Yes. mm mm-hmm. Yes. Amen. So for me, I in a romantic partner. I don't know that I'll ever get married. I am not sure that I have the patience to be married. But you know, we'll see what the Lord says. But I'm definitely looking for a godly man, a man who knows who he is, a man that's secure in who he is, and secure in his relationship with the Lord. And regardless if anybody like teases him about it, or is like, man, why you you know why you serving God, you know. God. You know, has all these rules and regulations, whatever the case may be. But he can withstand that, the ridicule or whatever that might that may come. I'm looking for someone who I can laugh with and be silly with. I'm looking for somebody who understands the different facets of me. I'm an educator. I'm an ordained minister. I'm a business owner. I'm an author. I have a nonprofit. Like I have a lot happening in my life, and so hopefully that romantic partner slash husband, if that's what God chooses me to have. or i uh, would understand that and support me in the different um Um, the different things that I do will support me in my ministry and the vision that the Lord has given me on this earth. I'm looking for somebody who will not only support me, but encourage me, build me up, correct me when I need to be corrected, um, challenge me to be better and to do better and to be the full of who God has called me to be. And just someone who is honest with me about everything. Like even if it's going to hurt my little feelings, let my feelings be hurt. I'll be okay. I'll get over it. And then we can move forward. And I'm also looking for somebody, I shouldn't say I'm looking for somebody, but with, you know, if he comes along for somebody that we have some things in common, like we don't have to have everything in common, but we need to have some compatibility in the things that we like to do. So it won't be a a situation where, okay, you want to go to the Performing Arts Center? No, I don't want to go see a play. I don't like musicals. Okay, well, you want to go to the movies? No, I don't want to go sit in the movie theater. It's all dark, you know, people, whatever. Like we have to be able to do some things together. So I want some compatibility there. Now, again, we don't have to do everything the same because I have my girlfriends and we're doing stuff over here, but I want us to be able to do something, some things together, some things that we have in common. So those are some some qualities and some things that would be that I would need, you know, if I were to like have a long term relationship or have a marriage relationship. So any parting words that you like to share about marriage or romantic relationships before we move on to God's love?
1: Yes. I like to say that all uh... Uh, when I was married, my friends used to tell me, How did you find, how, how, did, how, did, how did y'all get along so well together? And I would tell them, If you want a good woman, you got to be a good man. If you want a good woman, you got to be a good man. You can't go out here on these streets and do and, everything. And, and then when you are there, those women you be doing everything, if you want a good woman, definitely be a good man. And as far as being uh, married, a man should take care of home first. I'm not saying put your wife on the pedestal, but your wife is a helpmate. Y'all work together on and everything it is. You got to shove in the housework and cut the grass to wash the cars. Do that. I mean, but you got young children. If you got sometimes you got to grow of young children, y'all go over to mom's or somewhere while she rests or while she cleans the house. Do those things. Sit down and talk about what you can do to help around the house. And you'll be surprised at the freedoms that you will get when your wife is happy, when the children are good, that you can have. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about her calling you every 10 minutes when you go somewhere like to the ball game, uh, when you go visit with a friend and y'all go hang out. You got to worry about receiving a call. I got to call the chicks. You don't have to worry about those things when you take care of home and when home is happy. You don't have to worry about all of those kind of things. Work together. A marriage is a work in progress. It doesn't stop what you say I do. You have to continue to work with it each and every day. Work at it. And like I said, something that you might have did yesterday might not work today. But one can't. End. I know some people. I know some married people like there that, that date night. Day night is pretty cool, and I like date night. But you married, you gotta date your wife. Come on, think about it. But just just take care of home, and let home take care of you.
0: Mm.
1: Let's go to godly love. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <That's all> right. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So God's love, y'all, you know, y'all know we got to talk about God's love because everything that is centered around love is God, because God is the very essence, the very heart, the very he is love. And so we cannot have healthy friendship love, healthy family love, healthy romantic love without having God's love. And so God's love is that agape love, that unconditional divine love. Agape is a perfect and selfless love that God has for his creation and that we are all called to emulate. So John three sixteen 16 in the New Living Translation says, yeah this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm not gonna read 1 Corinthians 13 and eight, or maybe I will, but I'm gonna read Matthew 22:36 36 through 40 right now. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and a second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on those two commandments. And I am going to read First Corinthians thirteen, four and eight. Charity suffereth long. Charity is love. For those you know who may not know that charity or love suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself; is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own; is not easily provoked, provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never, never, never. Charity never fails. Never love never fails. You know why love doesn't fail? Because God is love. Huh? And God will never fail. <laughs> Come on, somebody. So love will never fail because God will never fail. And he is the heart of essence of the full full of love is who God is. Amen. So Uncle Gregory, what do you know about God's love and how has God's love influenced your life? i know never
1: think about God's love. Oh, like like they were saying, that it wasn't the nails that have Jesus on the cross, but the, with the love that he had for us had him on the cross. And I know all about that kind of love that he shared with them because I couldn't be where out today without that godly love that I have. God, the love that he has shown me through, my, down through the years. I know I couldn't have made it this far without having God on my side. Through all my trials and tribulations, to my worstest of times, I know God was there. And He let it guide me because He's the first person I called on. And He never answered me wrongly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, sometimes when I read the book of Job, I almost got to say, Job, I might not have oils all over my body. I might not have lost everything I have. I might not have lost my children, my county, on my land. But, but I know what you're talking about. When you talk about the love you have for God, that you're not going to curse him because he is God. Beside him, there is no other. And I know about that kind of love. I know about, about going through you know, hard times, difficult times, and uh, you can always call on him. Now, and what I like about God is, it's, 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 see, when I look back on my life, every bad certain situation that I was in, when I always called on him, he came through for me. It might not have always been the way that I would like for it to be, but I knew His hand was in it. There's no doubt about it. That, that people say, oh, you lucky?" Um, you did that just happened to happen to fall that way? No, it was the hand of God on me. I can remember. Uh, I got a fireplace. I burned firewood, and me and this guy was. Cut the firewood and we cut this hollow log. I picked up that log and put it in my truck. And he said, Now, wait a minute, man, there's a snake in that, in that log. Now, here I am, had this log up to my chest, carrying it to the truth of me long, and threw it and put it over the back of my trailer with a snake inside of it. I knew it wasn't the love of God and that snake did not fight me. Hmm. I mean, it, it, it was his protection. His love that he had for me, I know not have to be that. He said, oh, man, you were just looking. I said, no, that was God. I thank you, God, for keeping me safe from all hurt or harm. And I think that's why we need to pray more. Prayer is our conversation that we have with God. And I think that when you pray in the good good time. And in the buying times, you can be prayed up. To be practical, like having money in the bank, a saving account. When you need it, it's there. When you pray up, when you stay in prayer, when those kind of things happen to you, you don't have to say, "Oh, that, that was lucky." Oh, man, you sure that, that 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 um, they should have been you. But you got favor. God love me, just favor that you have that He shows to us. His love that he renewed, his mercy, like his grace, he renews it each and every day. And I can feel that love. When like when he wakes me up in the morning, I know it's him. I know it's him. And I just can't do nothing but thank him and appraisal for that. God is love. And all he wants us to do and I'm so glad that he gave us free will. Because when he gave us free will, we have a choice. But my choice is to choose God. You know, you chose God that love you, that care for you, that win the cross for your sins. you could show or you chose the other guy who do gonna hang you, or cause you to get into trouble, that he want, he wants to end your life so you can spread eternity and pain and fire and brimstones, in a darkness with gash your teeth. If you want that, then you know, but that that's for you. But for me, I wanna live. I, I, I want to be resurrected when I die. I want to live again. I want to live in eternity with somebody who loves me. That's somebody who call me aches and pains and heartaches and everything like that. And um, um I, and I and, and, and I can attest to this also. Like like when I was dating my wife, she lived in Wallace, which is about uh maybe anywhere from like. 40 to 50 to the hour or 60 minutes away from Jacksonville. And I can remember many a night nights riding home on the weekend. I have work it all night going to see her Friday night and Saturday. Come home that Sunday night early in the morning and, and, and stopping in the driveway and I do not even remember leaving while And getting, I do not remember nothing in between or I in the driveway. There couldn't be nobody but God. Because the enemy would have me hit a tree and gone. Mm. But with nobody but God
2: by my side
1: that mm. I was able to move home safely. Mm-hmm. And then also I ride a motorcycle and I know God I only have one major accident. I ride the motorcycles for uh, over fifty years. There couldn't have been nobody but God that I could ride a motorcycle that that long and you know, all kinda of weather. I've ridden it in the snow, sleet, and the rain, in the wind. Cause sometimes when you go to you get caught, you gotta make it back home. So you gotta ride. You can't just call a cab, you know, or call somebody and take you, but you gotta take your bike. And uh and I've I've had those situations. Icy, sneaky roads, snowy roads, and it and wasn't nobody but God on my side. And they love to hear out for me and also uh the way that he blessed me to take care of my wife, to have us, even though we didn't have children, we still have a a life that um that uh like I said was beautiful. It was it was a beautiful life, a marriage that we shared one with another. And I could have only I couldn't have done it by myself. I know I couldn't have done it by myself, but the love that he showed towards me and her that it was I was able to do those things. God is definitely love and and I can feel his love each and every day.
0: Yes. And God is, he definitely is love. And I agree with Younger Gregory. Every morning when I wake up, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, because I know it was your love that woke me up this morning. And when I roll out of bed and I'm able to move my body, God, thank you that I'm able body. I can move around in my right mind. Like, I am so thankful every day that the Lord gives me. And I know it's because God loves me. He wants to see me to continue to fulfill the destiny that he's placed within me. So he has me here so I can have my show and bless. People and minister to people and just love on people and just, you know, do what he's called me to do. So I do. I also experience God's love when I'm out and about, and God says, You need to leave right now. You need to go this way, you need to do this, you need to do that. Don't connect, don't like engage with that person, don't communicate with that person. Or okay, yeah, why don't you strike up a conversation with that person, you know? So God when God gives me direction and guidance to me, that's him showing me love. Because he know I can mess up. <laughs> I can mess up in my humanity and sometimes in my feelings and sometimes in my moods. That's another thing. My husband will have to deal with my moodiness. I'm not as moody as I used to be, but I can be moody. So I got, even in all of that, God loves me. You know, he shows me every day when I get home, when I get to work safely and then when I get back home safely to me, that's God's love, that protection. You were talking about the Gregory, that protection of men who I knew didn't mean me any good. And God said, no, And I listened, oh, my Lord, 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 that's God's love in action in my life. And I thank thank God for when I, so God's love has been prevalent throughout my life. And so I remember when I was younger, you were talking about the snake, Uncle Gregory. When I was younger, I used to dream about um, death and graveyards and hearse. I reckon, I didn't recognize it at the time what that was. As I got a little older and recognized who God had called me to be, I knew that it was the, the enemy trying to steal, kill, and destroy, trying to put so much fear in me that I would not fulfill the destiny that God had placed within me. But it was God's love that kept me throughout even my childhood, in those times where the enemy was trying to just instill that fear and try to take my mind. I've never been in a mental institute. I've never been in an asylum. And I know that that was God's love protecting me and keeping me, even when the enemy tried to destroy me as a child. And so I I thank God for that. God shows me his love. The fact that I have a job that I enjoy and I'm comfortable that's God's love up and down, because I used to be homeless, three, one, two, three times or two, twice in my life, twice in my. I think it was three times, but twice that I can think of right now. Thankfully, people took me in, but I was literally without a home. Um I have lived in a home without running water because I couldn't afford to pay the water bill. I've lived in a home without electricity because I couldn't afford to pay the electric bill. I have lived in a home without much food in the refrigerator, barely having enough food. Even in the midst of all of that, God was still showing me his love. God was still with me. I was still alive. I was still able to do what I needed to do to get kind of get back on my feet and take care of myself. God's man, when I say I am quirky, I, I tell people I'm I, I'm very unique. I'm a March baby. I marched to the beat of my own drum. I'm not gonna let you box me in and you know put boundaries on me or put limitations on me. I'm gonna break every limitation you put on, and every time you say no, I'm gonna say yes. Ten times like the incredible hope. That's just who I am. And I'm very quirky. And and even in all of who I am, when I turned my back on God, when I did my own thing, when I went right, He said, Go, He said, go left. I went right, disobedient. Even in all of that, God showed love to me. Through his mercy, through his grace, God showed so much love, so much mercy, so much grace, so much favor towards me. And man, oh man. Who wouldn't serve a guy like that? Like somebody who loves you through all your issues, through all of your disobedience, through all of your idiosyncrasies, through all of your stuff. And he still loves you with no conditions. People will put, sometimes people will put conditions on their love. I'm just saying what I'm saying. God's love is without condition. He's not, he's not going to say, Stephanie, if you do this, then I'll love you. His love is without conditions. It is without stipulations. And I appreciate that. I appreciate, and God knows how much I love him. (laughs) I tell him all the time. So he knows how much I love him. And I told him why I love him because of his favor, because of his protection, because he continues to keep me, because he's a best friend to me, because he allowed me to be born into the Humphrey family with so much love, because I have the friends that I have. And we have good, I have good, healthy relationships with my friends. So God, he just shows me his love like all the time. And I'm so so thankful. like I can't help but be thankful, even when I'm tired, even when I'm struggling. Thank you, Jesus. The answer to all of that is, thank you, Jesus, because God's love is at work in every aspect, in every corner, in every aspect of my life. God's love is at work. And so I thank him for it. I thank him for it. I thank him for it. And so, Uncle Gregory, do you have any parting words about God's love before we wrap this all up?
1: Okay, um, what I like about, I'm talking about me, because um, I was just listening to you, and I was just thinking about it from my childhood to today. I never went home or not one day. God had always provided me with a meal. If I went, if I went without eating, it was because I didn't want what was in the house or, or whatever. I always had something to eat. I always had a shelter over my head, and I always had uh, uh, clothes to wear, and the only thing I probably did, it was time of life, which I didn't have with my vehicle, but I still got where I wanted to go, and, and I thank God I never had no major operation, I wouldn't have no major accident. i never been shot, There's was a lot of things that I can thank God for that never happened to me, and... And um, I know it was by His grace and his mercy, it wasn't nothing that I did that was so great. It's because He is great. And I, I, what I like to share with our listeners is re-study and meditate on your Bible. That's how you have a closer relationship with God and do His will. Do what what the Bible said to. I mean, I mean, it's it's not that hard. because because uh, Jesus Jesus says my um um I said my burdens are light my my yoke my yoke is my yoke is not heavy, my burden is like what is it? I I can't think of what it is now. But uh, but one thing I know about God's love and one thing that I learned more than anything else is when you take your burdens to the Lord in prayer, he will lift your burdens off of you. I had left the altar many times. I'm going to feel a lot of the feathers, like I'm going to fly way because I took those burdens right straight to the Lord and I left from there. That's the time people take them to the Lord, to the altar, and then they bring them right back with them. But no, you got to leave them. They got to trust. You got to have that trust in God. You got to them God and just leave a there and know that he will take care of it. And he has never failed me yet. Never. Not one time. So listen us. Trust in God. Believe in him. He is who you say he is. We change from day to day. The seasons change. The years change. The months even change. But God is the same God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's a God that you can trust. And if he would do it for me, he will definitely do it for you. Believe me, he will. Thank you. Stephanie, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And I hope that I just hope that I help somebody. I, I, I hope that what I say might make somebody think I changed their mind or attitude of what God is doing in their life. Um, I hope that it might cause them to read more, to study more, or they might have a closer relationship with God. Because it's it's not my incident or luck that I am who I am today, but it's by the grace of God that I am who I am today. Now, thank you for that.
0: Amen. You're welcome, Uncle Gregory. Thank you so much for being here and sharing the wisdom that you shared with us. I really appreciate your growth and maturity in God and you that you are a teacher in the body of Christ. And I thank God that you're a man of wisdom. And so I thank God for the wisdom that you have shared with our listeners on tonight. Um, my parting words is to love God first love yourself and love others. I know sometimes it can be hard to love ourselves because we have made mistakes, we've done things that we should not have done. So sometimes it can be hard to love ourselves which which really equals to it being hard to forgive ourselves. So I would say for whatever you think you've done wrong or for whatever mistakes that you've made that has, you know, kind of turned your life into what it is today, forgive yourself. Love yourself. You're still alive so you can still pursue your dreams. You still can pursue your goals. You still can pursue what God has called you to pursue. So love God, love you, and love others. Amen. 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 And so, listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining episode one of season four of the Stephanie Humphrey channel. It was such a blessing to bring this lesson to you on tonight about love. This is our new series. Let's talk about it. The Bible edition, where I will have guests to come on to talk to us about a topic that the Lord has given us to discuss so that we can all grow and learn together and be that mature Christian, fully grown up in in Christ, no longer sucking on a bottle, but eating some strong meat, eating some steaks, some potatoes, some strong meat, so that we can be the full of who God has called us to be. It really is, y'all, about us being who God has called us to be and then helping each other, loving each other. The world will know that we are Christ's disciples by the love that we show to each other. And that love that we show to each other is usually birthed out of our maturity in Christ, it's birthed out of us spending time with the Lord, studying God's word, praying, and interceding, praise and worship, our personal praise and worship, fasting and praying, all of that, that maturity is birthed out of all of those practices, those Christian practices that we should be doing on a regular basis. And then ultimately, like the Bible says, showing love, love God first, love ourselves and love others as we love ourselves. So I'm done. Uncle Gregory's done. <laughs> We're going to say good night in just a moment. Before we do, you all, I honestly do not know if I will be on next Thursday. I do have a few things going on in life and in my family, so I'm not sure if I'll be on next Thursday. So if I'm not on next Thursday, then I will see you on the third Thursday in January for Sip and Say with Stephanie. Have your sip ready. Get your journal and your writing utensils so we can write down some news and write down whatever God. sharing with us during Sip and Say with Stephanie. And so if I'm not on next Thursday and you want to hear my voice, feel free to come right back here on the Stephanie Humphrey channel, listen to a rebroadcast and get you your feel. Or you can go to the Stephanie Humphrey podcast and listen to my voice and get your feel there. Amen. Amen. If you want to know more about my ministry, you can visit me at BeFreeMinistriesNC.net. I'm sorry, that is not right. I'm thinking about stephaniehumphrey.net. If you want to know more about be free ministries is befree ministries nc.org if you want to know more about me then you can visit stephaniehumphrey.net and if all hearts and minds are clear let me make sure there was a comment that I wanted us to talk about but I'm just gonna leave it there because it's time it's almost nine o'clock It's I'm supposed to get out of here. Uh, so you can read it later and maybe you can reply in the comment section. I actually replied a little bit to it but um I'm gonna say this you all if nobody has told you that they love you, I love you. We at B Free Ministries, we love you. This is Be Free Ministries signing off. Thank you for joining the Stephanie Humphrey podcast. If you would like to view this podcast live, join us at the Stephanie Humphrey channel on YouTube live at 6.30 p.m. on Thursdays. Don't forget to like this episode, subscribe to the podcast and the YouTube channel, and share with your family and friends. Be blessed.